Hey everybody, it's Rob Shear, the host of Fostering Change. And today we are continuing the best of season four. You know, we're actually going to revisit our episode with my amazing friend, Mike Thorne. You know, we spoke with Mike back in March. I've been friends with him for years. I absolutely love his new book, which is called Hustle with Heart. I'm telling you right now, go jump on Amazon, get this book. It's really, really an eye-opener. And he actually has a workbook with that called the Personal Trust Community Workbook. I've done the workbook. It's amazing. It truly does open up your eyes about so many things. You know, during this interview, Mike actually shared so many motivational and just inspirational ideas that we all, each and every one of us, can implement in our lives to make ourselves better humans. And what do I say? It's always about being a good human. I know that you're going to leave this interview motivated, just like I do. And I hope that you share this podcast with so many other people, because each person needs to hear this. And again, if you have any comments, you have any suggestions? If you want to get a hold of Mike, you know, he's an amazing speaker. Just please email us at fosteringchange@comfortcases.org. Well, you know, it's hard to believe that we are sitting on March the 28th. And for those who follow me on social media, you know how important today is. You know, today is actually my son Grayson's birthday. Today, my sweet boy turned 16 years old. I cannot believe it. You know, everyone knows about how rough the road has been when it comes to my son Grayson. And, you know, as quiet as we've been about it, Grayson, if you're listening, I want you to know that how much your daddy and your dad, I love you so much. And we love you so much that today is a day that my husband also chose to be our wedding anniversary. And so we actually were married on Grayson's birthday. I will never forget it. My husband and I had a wedding in the morning, and then my husband made all the wedding stuff go away so we could have this fabulous birthday party for our son. And so we always give him this special day. So Grayson, Happy birthday. And by the way, this could not have been a better way to host my friend who is actually on my podcast today. You know, people come into your life. And I was told this a long time ago by one of my mentors is that you always should put at least five people in your life that no matter how long you go, that you don't speak to, that you can always reach out to them, that you know that they're there. They're going to be truthful within the conversation. They're going to be able to support you and let you know when you have failed and when you have succeeded. And my next guest has done exactly that. You know, I have been so, so lucky to call Mike my friend and to be able to know that, you know, he is someone that I can count on. And Mike has a new book out called Hustle with Heart. I am absolutely excited to talk about this and to talk about so many other things. So before, you know, any more conversation, ladies and gentlemen, welcome my friend, Mike Thorne to Fostering Change. Mike, welcome. Thank you, and uh, congratulations on the anniversary and for Grayson's birthday. I feel honored to be on here today, but thank you for having me. I appreciate it very much. Hey, I really appreciate you, my friend. And listen, there is so much I want to talk about with your book because, you know, I do, one of the things that you talk about is that each and every one of us have a story. And I always, I start that, that exact line out whenever I talk throughout the country as a public speaker is that each and every one of us have a story. You did not have to tell your story. And so, you know, what made you make that decision to write this book? A couple of reasons. One, I think for myself, I 
I believe you have to get down the mountain to make sure you understand who the hell you are as a human being. And if you don't spend time understanding your own story, you really can't do that. And I think it was just time for me to embrace change instead of just coping with it my whole life. And I just thought it was time to finally uh, to do that. You know, one of the things that you said that really took me back, by the way, is that you were 46 years old when you finally met your biological mother and your sibling. And you actually said that you were grateful, but you were resentful. And I think that that's something that a lot of people can't understand from adoption, you know, is that, you know, you're grateful that you got to meet, but there is a resentful. And I love the honesty of that because you don't hear that often. I interview hundreds and hundreds of people that are adopted, that have adopted or have been adopted. And you're the very first person who has been honest enough to say to me that you were resentful. Explain to me that moment and take us back to that that day. So I walked up to my mother's houses in Worcester, Massachusetts, and the irony of all ironies, I went to college there, which is about three miles from where she lived my whole life, and I never knew that. Played base, played sports against my brother's high school and so on, but I remember walking up there and just knocking on that door, having no idea what was going to happen the other side, but as I put it in the book, I looked in those eyes, and I knew right away that was my mother. But to spend five hours to really catch up on those 46 years of my life was quite amazing. But I was exhausted at the end. And I just sat there and thought to myself, my whole life, I've been pissed off for the world, mad at everybody, thinking I was screwed. And I really came out of there and was very grateful for both the opportunity to meet them, but also to realize I actually was pretty blessed. I was pretty fortunate. My mother could have made a very, very different choice, and I would not have been born, obviously. But at the same time, I was the resentful part of it was I missed out on a lot. You know, my for all the challenges that uh, my family had, my biological family, they were a tight family. They took care of each other. And I, I was resentful not to have an opportunity to miss that and I never met my dad. So there was some of that side of it, too, that was very challenging. And I think as I drove away, the other part of it, which is not really in the book, but it's also like I don't think people who have not experienced the foster care adoption process system really fully grasp the complexity, the frustrations of it. So I think that's why I was resentful. It's like, how do you, I don't know, that's just, that was where I was sort of driving away thinking about that. And I get a little emotional right now because I truly can see that it just, you know, we've had that just recently in our family, you know, going through adoption and, and having one of my beautiful babies you know, feel that they needed to to look into the next chapter. And as they looked into the next chapter, you know, with such starry eyes, by the way, you know, such starry eyes, but, you know, to know that my sweet child walked away with, you know, such heartbreak. And that is very, very hard. And, and you know, and at this point, you're 46 years old. And, you know, you talk about defining, you know, your community, you know, that's something we're going to get in that you talk about in your book. Yeah. Did you feel that you had a community at that moment, that moment you drove away, that you had to go, had somebody to go to and and really vent how you were feeling? Partially. So when I was 40, I was president of Russell Athletic and I got fired. And it was that nine-year-old boy that came back when I was told I was adoption. And my version of family was crushed. I had that come back. 
but there were a few people that I had either worked for or had worked with me that came into my life at that time, and I trusted their intentions. So a lot of people try to give you help and resources, but I, I struggled with abandonment and trust at that time. But these few people, one of which was Scott Krillman, who passed away, and he said to me, he said, would you like some feedback and advice? And so I had a few people like that in my life that I could reach into that were really going to give me what I needed to hear, not what I wanted to hear. And those are the people that were really crucial because, you know, I would say take care of your thoughts when you're alone and take care of your words when you're with others. And that was a really important point in my time to have those people in my life because otherwise you start racing about your issues. So that was, yes, I did. But that was the first time I started saying, boy, do I have the kind of people in my life right. that'll, that'll help me? I, I look at like a trampoline, Rob. You've got, you're in the center of a trampoline. You got these people on the outside that sometimes you go off the trampoline, you get really hurt. Well, these people move the trampoline so you're always centered. And I came to that realization at age 40 that I had a few of those people and I needed more of them in my life. And so from that point forward, I started to reimagine what relationships really were and what a community was versus networking. Yeah, I hear you talk about the fact of dealing with abandonment and trust issues. And I'm 56 years old. And no matter how many hours of therapy I've done, and by the way, Dr. Rich, I know you listen to my podcast. And you know, I listen, I love my therapist to death, but I just seem not to be able to get over it. I just seem not to be able to get over the abandonment and the trust issues. How have you been able to handle that? Well, again, I've I met people in my life who have helped me work through all that. I write in the book about this, this idea of having, you know, people that help you physically, intellectually, emotionally, socially, and spiritually. And when you find these people, when you run into that challenge, you feel like you're going to be abandoned. Those are the kind of people you can reach out to and talk to. So I have people like that, that I've got in my life that when I do get that feeling, because Rob, I think the biggest thing people have to come to the realization, it's not going to go away. We're all going to feel stress. We all, well, stress I'm told is not real, but we're all going to feel these times where we don't feel good enough or don't feel like we belong or whatever. And we have to say, okay, give ourselves grace and space. That's it's, We're going to deal. It's not going to go away. We can't get rid of it. The question is, how do you grow through what you're going through? And Lady Jen Mar wrote a great book about showing up. She's become a very good friend of mine. And she talks me through a lot of that. So she's a great person in my life. Or Tim Dixon is a mental skills coach. So what I would do in those situations when I feel that way and I do is I just text them. And I know that on the other end, this is the visual I have. They're not going, oh, God, Thorny's calling me. I don't have time for him. These are the people that I, my vision is they drop everything and they go, okay, when do I have time for Mike? And then they send you something back and you get on the phone with them and they're not there to go give you the answers. They're to listen to you. And because you have that intentional trust, right. you you can say, and, and it just, it just calms me down. And I go, you know what? I am worthy. I am capable. I'm okay. And I move forward. Yeah, no, I have to agree with you. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's very much like my mentor Bill said to me, you know, you put yourself around those people that, you know, like I said, not always going to like what they say, but the one thing I love about them, and I also have those people that, you know, and I think it's something that, you know, people like you and I, we will always suffer through. But I love what you said about how, you know, we grow. And that is something, you know, I want to talk about, you talk about defining your Northern Star. 
you know, mm-hmm. and with most people you hear what, well, what is defining my Northern star means? You know, it's like, is, is that my, where, where I stand or uh, tell me what to, to our listeners and our viewers, how important you, you feel that truly is, is about defining your Northern star. Yeah, I would say of the work, my work these days is all about human transformation, whether it's at companies or just people. I believe everybody goes through their life with dreams and ambitions. And as a child, you always have imagination as your driver. But as you get older, everything you rationalize is based on your history versus your imagination. And we get hung up with our history. And so the idea of just sort of getting grounded to where you are today, like what's working personally, professionally, health-wise, and just getting really honest with yourself. And the other side, this North Star, and I don't know if there's a better term for it, but it's like, what is it that really gets you super, super excited, but scares the hell out of you, but it's not dangerous? And my experience is everybody has that moment where they go, God, I wish this, or I wish this, or I want this, whatever. They have it, but they're scared to say it out loud. And again, because they're operating from their history and they're so afraid, I don't deserve that. I'm not worthy. It can't happen. And I got to tell you, Rob, the people I work with, it's astounding how simple what they really aspire to is. And then once you figure out what that is and you say, my God, this excites me, but it scares you because that's where it's going to be really exciting, but it scares you. And then you surround yourself with the kinds of people to support you on that journey to get there. It just unleashes their greatness. And it's so powerful to watch. Let me tell you something. I don't know if I would have actually defined it as the Northern Star, but I will tell you, listening to you describe that, it's exactly what my takeaway is, because I know exactly what that feels like. I know that moment, you know, how scary it was. I remember in 2018 when it was like, okay, I'm getting ready to give up a 28-year career to be a public speaker. And by the way, I'd never spoken in front of anyone before except for my staff. Um And, but then putting myself around people who had that same passion, you know, I say all the time, you know, I retired, you know, after 28 years, because now I'm not doing a job, I'm doing something that just literally puts fire in me and puts fire in my belly. You know, everybody listen, the book is called Hustle with Heart, Hustle with Heart. Mike, where can we find the book at? Probably the best place is Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble, but Amazon is probably the best place to to look for it. Well, Amazon is definitely where I expect each and every one of you to get. And when we come back, we're actually going to dive into the book because some of the things, Mike, I have to tell you is that I, you know, reading the book, a lot of it, but I also felt like it was almost like a workbook too, as well, a workbook of how I could work within myself. So we're going to talk about that and everyone will be right back. This episode of Fostering Change is sponsored by Comfort Cases, a national nonprofit that inspires our communities to bring hope and dignity to our youth that are in foster care. For just $10 a month, you can support the Comfort Case mission and help us eliminate trash bags for kids who are entering foster care. For every $10 that you give, Comfort Cases will give a Comfort XL to a child entering the system. Be part of the change. Visit comfortcases.org. Well, you know what? I always say it. There is nothing better than a good conversation. I think people turn into podcasts so many times, not just because they want to hear someone talk, but they really want to hear a conversation. And truly, what can their takeaway be? 
Each and every time you end a conversation with a friend, with a colleague, it's always, what is your takeaway? You know, when we were on the break, Mike, you and I started talking and I said, stop, wait a minute, because this was such a huge, huge, huge thing. And I think it's a huge thing for our listeners, our viewers. And by the way, it's a huge thing for me. You know, I, you know, growing up in the system, being homeless, barely getting a high school diploma, not knowing the difference between there, there and there. And I walk into a room with all of these people who have letters behind their name. And the very first thing I think about to myself is, do I belong? Do I truly belong? And so I want to talk about that. You were getting ready to go on and talk to me about it. And I was like, whoa, stop. I think we all have that issue. Yes. What's interesting, if you look back in your life and you go from elementary school, middle school, high school, college, on to your career every single step of the way you're always wondering if you belong in that group and then the same thing as you you're single you get married and you start having children each of those phases my oldest daughter asked me the other day she said dad when did you know you could actually be a father and so I think humans go through this transition personally and professionally all the time and I even saw it when we were doing the, the group with this Vistage group, which is all CEOs and business owners, highly successful people, sold companies, made millions. But the moment they got into a room with 50 people they didn't know, they started to ask themselves and they all said it out loud, do I belong in this room? Because humans by nature want to belong. It's just very natural. And so I think that's something what you just said is it's going to, it goes on wherever you're making these transformations in life. Yeah. Yeah. I have to agree with you on that one. I have to agree with the fact that, you know, so many times, no matter who you're in or what room you are, you know, you look around and you always say to yourself, you know, do I belong? You know, you know, I wanted to talk about, you know, we talked about this and touched base about building, you know, your, your personal trust community, but I don't think that, you know, I think how important that is. And the reason I keep bringing this up is because in today's society, you know, every time I turn on the news or, or read, read the paper. And by the way, everybody, I, I read the paper. I'm still old school guy in the mornings. Um, but every single time, you know, they're still pulling on that trust factor. Who do I believe? How can I believe? And and you talked about the fact that you built that inner circle of those people that you can text. What would you say to our viewers and listeners that maybe they don't feel that comfortable yet? How do they take that first step of building their personal trust community? Yeah, first thing is a self-audit. So many people spend time on their business and I got to have the strat, all this stuff, but they got to, they don't do it in their own personal lives. And depending on your age, so many times we're climbing the mountain of life and we think we got to go take all these steps and try to make a living, I guess. And I would say the first thing is saying, are you trying to make a living or are you living your values? And people don't spend time. So I say, while you're on the top of this mountain and you're trying to climb it and turbulence is going around you come back down the mountain and just say who am i like what are the values i care about like really get grounded write stuff down sometimes it's taking a walk sometimes taking a rest whatever it is you've got to spend the time to get grounded because once you do the world will open up to you because once you declare where you're going in life i believe people start showing up but if you're not clear what those values are you're not clear who you are and, and it does, if someone said to me, Mike, would you stop trying to boil the ocean? And I said, well, what do you mean? They said, you're trying to do too many things. I said, just get established who you are, find your swim lane, and people will start showing up. 
And it's so true, but it's so hard for people. They'll do it in their business life and they'll do it to make their company, but they don't stop, come down the mountain, take a pause and say, who am I? Start living your values. And ultimately, when you do that, the people that start showing up in your life are going to connect with you and you'll start to build that community. And that can be human beings. It can be podcasts like this. It can be books that you read, but you'll be surprised how attractive you become to others and how attracted you get to things that help you live your values. And you will, you'll be amazed at how much more comfortable you are walking into those rooms you're describing. Even if you're not sure you belong, you know you yourself are true to who you are, and that helps you walk in there feeling better. You know what? That's exactly why I actually love the, the the workbook. You know, it's the belong, build, and believe. You know, and everyone, by the way, I didn't make that up. My friend Mike Thorne had said, "This is what I'm telling you. You know, you need to get the book. You know, get the workbook. I'm telling you, belong, because by the way, each and every one of us belong." Right. And it's simple as that. Each and every one of us belong. You know, I never, ever, ever would have thought that I belonged in a room as the rooms I have stood in. And I'm going to tell you right now, I earned it and you earned it. And yeah. We all have earned it. You know, build. I think that, you know, each and every day we need to build within ourselves as well. You know, what would you, you know, I think that that's something that, you know, I don't think we do enough of when it comes to our interbuilding of our inner self. How do you feel about that? No, I agree. And the one thing I would say, you know, life is about access and resources. We all know what we need, but you could read it, whatever, but it's really hard. So I would say within the space of adoption and foster care or other areas where people don't have access and resources, it's a lot harder. So I don't want to come across this as real easy, but there are some fundamental things that you could do, but I'd say that is the hard. If you don't have access and resource, it's hard to leverage all this. Yeah, but yeah, and I I will have to though tell you, Mike, I we're we're seeing more and more change down the pipeline of people getting more and more access. So I'm happy to see that. I mean, people get really surprised when I say this. The foster care system, and that's my main speak and yeah. what I talk about, has never been better than it is today. That's and awesome. even though as sad as our system is, the foster care system has never, ever, ever been better than it is today when it comes to what the resources are that we're getting. And by the way, I'm ready for it. I know all those hate emails I'm getting ready to get. <laughs> I get them quite often. Just look back and, you know, but it's good. And you are right. People having resources and then the belief. You know, people think it's a little weird, and I've never said this on, on any of my podcasts. You know, every single morning when I actually wake up and I get into the bathroom after whether I've worked out or, you know, how I'm starting my day, I actually, and I've done this since I was a young boy, and I think people, it's how I got my grit in some ways, is that I look in the mirror and I say, if nobody else believes in you, I believe in you today. Literally, that's what I say. If no one else believes in you, I believe in you today. And that's the first time I've shared that, by the way, I have not written about first time I've shared that because I think it's so, so important that we cannot, we can't expect other people to believe in us if we do not believe in ourselves. Correct. That's correct. You know, the old saying is you get what you demand yeah. and you encourage what you tolerate. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, you know, as a coach, they always say, build a team you want to coach. I think in this work that I'm talking about, as you think about your personal trust community, 
why, why would you do the same thing? Like, why do you want to be around people? You know, you don't want to coach a team of people you don't care about. So you do, you get what you demand and you encourage what you tolerate. I mean, that's the key to think about that for people. I get up in the morning and they, the first 30 minutes of every morning, I think are the most important of everyone's life because you set your sort of mindset for the day. And I always write in this five minute journal that I do, I am worthy and capable. And my oldest daughter read the book and she's like, dad, I had no idea. She saw me as this successful dad and worker and she said, and I thought, oh my God, she's going to think less of me. She's not, I'm a great dad. I still have that sort of moment because I still write every morning. I am worthy and I am capable. I still need just to say that to myself, whether it's in front of the mirror or in a book. So I appreciate what you're doing. It's, yeah, I, I still have to say it. And by the way, you know, my my oldest son, Alex, he does the, the whole morning meditation and he always reminds me, he says, Pops, you know, you got to do that morning meditation because it truly can make or break your day in so many ways. Listen, the book is called Hustle with Heart. Um, it's by my amazing friend, Mike Thorne. That's Thorne with an E. And you can find this on Amazon. You can get it on Barnes and Noble. Listen, Mike, I can't thank you enough. You know, today's a special day for the shears and to be able to spend my day with you and talking about such an amazing book and the fact that you have made me feel belonged by the way i want you to know that thank you for that you have helped me build my inner core and so many times i can tell you i can give you examples of how you did that and the fact is is that you I know you believe in me. And for that, I'm the luckiest guy. And so here it is, guys. Get get the book. You know what it's going to do. This book, I only have a few back on this bookshelf. Why? Because I want people to see it. I want people to remember it. And I want people to know about it. Because this is a book that truly can help you take that next step that we all should be taking within our lives. We should be feeling belonging, that we belong. We should be building every day. And we should be believing. Once again, this is another amazing episode of Fostering Change. I thought I would end the season. I say it every time. But you know what? This was a conversation that, you know, Rob Shear, I needed today. Take care, everybody. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening or watching the latest episode of Fostering Change. All of us on our team hope that you've learned something new today and have been inspired to be a good human. Now, just a reminder that you can always find Fostering Change on your favorite channels on Google, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and others including, of course, comfortcases.org. I want to give a big thank you to all of you for joining us each and every week. And a reminder that if you have a suggestion for a guest, or maybe you might have a question about today's podcast, or are interested in becoming a sponsor of Fostering Change, please don't hesitate to email me personally at fosteringchange@comfortcases.org. Now, that's it for now. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Take care.